I believe this is one of the things, the keys you need to understand to get into success in life, get into glory in life. Some of the things you need to understand. When we, sometimes we talk about not struggling and all of that. We talk about favor, we talk about grace. There are some specific keys that we really need to see or observe, believe, trust into, and walk in for all of those things to come to pass. Hallelujah. Are you there? Let's quickly turn to First Corinthians. What did I ever say? The three ten. Let me see if that is exactly what I wanted. Didn't look at this properly, but let me see if that is exactly what I wanted. First Corinthians three. Is that okay? Three ten. According to the grace. Okay, um, can we go to verse 9? For we are fellow workmen, I'm reading from the Amplified, joint promoters, ye, laborers together, wait on for God. You are God's uh, garden and vineyard and field under cultivation. You are God's building. Hallelujah. Verse 10 says, According to the grace, the special endowment for my task of God bestowed on me like a skillful architecture, a master builder, a laid the foundation, and now another man is building upon it. But let each man be careful how he builds upon it. Hallelujah. Now, looking at this, the key word I really want to look at the God's grace or God's endowment. That's the first thing I want you to observe. The word grace in this passage, you know, often we quote the one or the word grace to mean unmerited favor. But it's not just unmerited favor. Grace is the divine influence upon the heart. And I want you to understand that because it's very important. The divine influence upon the heart and its reflection in life. Now, I can preach a whole message on this. Let me give you an example. When the woman that fed Elijah, 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 right? Look at the word. I have commanded a widow. Did you understand that? Now, there was a divine influence upon that woman to do what she did. You understand this? So, she got what she got. You can say favor. But, it is because of the divine influence upon the heart of that woman that made her to supply what she has though she was supposed to be in need. You understand that? And he said, it's reflection in life. Now, what was the reflection of the divine influence? How debt were paid. The multiplication of the oil. In other words, if there is grace in your life, there is a reflection. It will show by the life you live. Are you catching this? 
Very important. So that the key thing you need to do about life is to locate your area of grace. Because God endow you with these things so that your life can be at ease. Hallelujah. Grace is, your, your giving grace is connected to your personal what? Assignment and purpose in life. That's your area of gifting. That's your grace. So, your giving grace is connected to your personal assignment and purpose. Grace is connected to your assignment, your purpose. What is your purpose? The reason for which you were born, bred, and you are living. The spirit in you tells you there are certain things you must do with your life. That one has nothing to do with somebody compelling you to do them. Nothing. There is no compulsion there. There is no compelling fact. Hallelujah. So we need to understand what grace is. You just cannot, in the true sense, live this life, survive this life, enjoy life, if I may add that, without you understanding what grace is. It's not possible. Because when you come into this, you are not going to be struggling to do what you are supposed to do because what will enable you to do it is the divine influence that is already working within you. Hallelujah. So you see, I, mean, I was sharing a little bit of this in Benin. You, know, you see people, the Lord was moving me just talking freely. I wanted to speak on God's righteousness in kingdom, but I just couldn't go that way. And I'm just making them to understand. You, sometimes you go to meetings, you see people begin to pray, let's pray for favor, let's pray for this, let's pray for that. No, it's fine. Right? But what we should actually pray for, I think, is understanding the grace that we carry. If we understand the grace in our lives, if we understand the divine influence that is working within us, we align ourselves to work with the spirit within that is speaking that this is the way we should go. The enablement will just begin to come. That which you call favor will come because you are functioning under grace. So that woman, for instance, was highly favored because there was a divine influence. Right? Something was moving the woman to do what ordinarily nobody would want to do, for instance. You're a poor widow, you don't have the money, you are getting yourself to die, as the case may be, and something like that. And then somebody needs food. And he said, Give me first. It was because of that commandment, that word commandment. Now, go back again to the book of Exodus. You are going to find the same thing when, 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 when Moses was to build the tabernacle. He said, go and speak to the people, those who have stayed them, let them bring. Now the Bible says, some brought and some did not bring. It means they were not stayed. Now the ability to bring was hysteric. Not because of what they have. So you see, you may have a no state, and you may not have and be stayed. But the key thing is, if you are being stayed by God, then there is going to be a reflection of that which you are stayed for in life. Hallelujah. That is why to an extent, like I also did mention, sometimes we don't even give thinking about reward. Because God does not reward you based on what you give in that sense. 
Now look at the woman again. She gave food. She didn't get food. She got a business idea and got her debt paid. Because for the very first time, the woman know how to sell oil. <laughs> Can you get that? Are you following what I'm talking about? For the very first time, she entered into a business of oil business. She have never done that before. But what she gave us food. She entered into a business. She paid up her debt, selling oil, something she have never done before. And I'm sure she could be the first woman to become an oil merchant in that city. But she, she just gave food. So sometimes we have to look at that scripture that say God is doing exceedingly above what you ask or think. Your giving should not totally be tied to some, some things. Well, sometimes we look at that to be a way of faith. It's not bad in any way. But like I keep saying, we are going beyond the issue of faith into what? Obedience. Come on, you forgot so soon? Is a key. We are moving from faith to obedience. Now, that woman had no faith. She only obeyed because there was a divine influence. And now she began to sell oil in the city. Got her debt paid. Now, what will have stopped that woman was not lack of faith, but lack of obedience. Are you still there? And what she gave was too small compared to what she got. So sometimes what you think by the way of sowing... Oh, help me, Lord. This, when you sow seed, you may be tagging it to something. The thing you are tagging it to may be too small compared to what God intends to do. Just give and give. And just give. That's all. Are you catching this? Release and just give. Let me give you an example. You look at the centurion that built the temple. She never built it with the mindset that one day her servant will be healed because he built the temple. Did you understand that? She wasn't doing it because she has faith that one day when my servant is healed, the temple will be referred to. No, she just simply built a temple. God needs to be worshipped, have the money to build a temple, and that's all. Now the temple she built brought forth the life of her, I mean of his servant. So if you have to give, there is a prompting in your heart to give. What am I trying to say tonight? Just give. Hallelujah. Just give. <laughs> Amen. Now, I'm going to add another scripture to it. When you look at First Timothy, let's go there. First Timothy. Chapter 4. Let's look at 14 to 16. Reading from the Amplified as well. Do not neglect the gift which is in you, that special inward endowment. Can you see this? That special inward endowment equals grace. Are you there? Come over here. Son, we eat you, man. You want to bake yourself? You come here. Okay. Do not neglect the gift which is in you. That special inward endowment. You see the same word endowment? Do we have any King James here? What do you find in there? Max, is that King James? Okay, the gift. Yep. Yes. 
Don't know the glory gift. Is it not First Timothy 4? Gift, just gift. Okay. He said, don't neglect the gift which is in you. Now, it's defined here. That special inward endowment. You see that? Which was directly impacted to you by the Holy Spirit. By prophetic utterance when the elders laid their hands upon you at your ordination. Now, God is right. This gift is a special endowment already in Paul. I mean in, in Timothy. Is that okay? To me, what really happened here is a stirring of that which is already within by the Holy Spirit. Because the grace is not given by the presbytery. Are you listening to this? You get that? The grace is not given by the presbytery. So, but the presbytery can stir the gift or the grace. What does that mean? The presbytery can cause a divine influence that is in your life to be activated. Through prophetic contrast. My implication again, when hands are laid on you, sometimes if you don't know, you can come to the place of awareness of what grace you carry. Did you get this? So, the... the the, prof- the presbytery, as it is now through the prophetic entrance, can get you into alignment with the grace that you carry from within. And then, when you come to begin to function with that grace, what do we say? It will reflect in your life. Are you understanding this? So sometimes you may not know what grace you carry, but by reason of the prophetic entrance and the presbytery you can become aware of the grace you carry and then you can be to walk accordingly let's see connect this to our example for instance look at the same woman that gave to Elijah God spoke to Elijah I have commanded a widow is that okay now the widow may not have known that there is a commandment for how to do what she wants to do. Now Elijah comes and says, give to me. Are you getting this now? Now the words of Elijah stirs the commandment in the heart of that widow. It is the connection. So when prophetic contrasts comes on you, it's a stirring and a remembrance, if you will, of that grace that is already in you to bring forth, to act, to work in it. In fact, your life purposes are discovered through the prophetic presbytery lay hand or prophesying upon your life. Are you listening to me? Like we had a meeting, that international conference we had, and where we saw protocols or whatever. And then at the end of the meeting, there was this uh, prophetic presbytery that was going on, and everybody was lining up for prophecies. And one of the pastors came and said, Hey man, aren't you going for prophecy? What? I said, I've gotten so many that I'm waiting for their fulfillment. <laughs> I don't want another yet. Hallelujah. At least I know the direction that God wants me to go for now. Let me get some result from that first before another one comes. I don't know if you have followed what I'm talking about. Because if you understand what's 
we said before, warring a good warfare means then you don't have to carry too many prophecies that you can't war with. Do you understand that? So, the presbytery stirs the grace that is in your life for you to act and to live out and that will bring you, see, don't forget the word there. The Bible says, the reflection of that grace must be made known. And you're going to find the same thing here. Look at it. Look at it. Go to verse 15. Practice and cultivate and meditate upon these duties. What duties? You find that that endowment by reason of the prophetic victory made him to know what duties he's supposed to be carrying on. Are you getting this? Good. Or just duties. Throw yourself wholly onto them, your ministry. Now, your duty becomes your ministry. That is why the saints have to do the work of ministry. Now, duty is not just you are pastoring. Don't forget. So, that your progress may be evident to what? Everybody. Can you see that? A reflection in life. Your progress in performing your duties will be seen by everyone. And that is very crucial. So if you are in business, there ought to be progress if that is your grace that will be seen by everyone. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm talking about? It must be seen by everyone. Now, that will tell you that there are so many people that must have been doing one thing or the other and they just can't be seen, they just can't be known. It simply shows in the true sense that that is not their grace. They are functioning in another man's field. But the Lord is saying here, when you discover your grace and you are doing your duties, it's going to be evident to everyone. People will see how successful you are in that which you are doing because it is not you, it is the endowment, the grace, that divine influence upon your heart. Again, you can see that from the woman we are using as an example. By reason of the divine influence, by reason of the commandment, by reason of the fact that she could act on that divine influence to give to Elijah, she began to sell the oil and everybody got to know that of course she paid up her debt. Everybody know that to be a debtor now they got to know her to have been able to do what? Pay up her debt and even sell him. Even sell him. Hallelujah. So, here Paul is telling us, if you walk in that grace which God has given to you, your business, your market, whatever it is which you have been able to discover that this is my grace. The Bible says it's going to be evident to everyone. It can't be hidden. Man, we know that of his truth, God has dropped something in the life of this man. Hallelujah. Are you there? Okay. He said, look well to yourself, to your own personality, and to your teaching perseverance in these things. Hold to them. For by so doing, you will save both yourself and those who hear you. You will save both yourself and those who hear you. Hallelujah. Very interesting as far as I'm concerned. These two scriptures to me, they are highly connected. They're just highly connected. Paul was saying, 
If I must be popular, if people must come to know me, it is because I'm functioning under divine influence upon my heart. And this reflection is in life so that everybody will get to know. Like Paul is now writing to Timothy. The evidence will be there for everyone to know that you are performing your duty. Hallelujah. Are you, are you following this? Are you getting this? Right. So, it should challenge you to come to the place of discovery. Discovery, so vital. What grace do I really carry? Hallelujah. What grace do I carry? Where, where do I belong in creation? What is my purpose? So important. You can't neglect it. Now, these are the things you do. Okay, let's look at Ephesians. Ephesians 3. This boy, what's your problem? Ephesians 3. Uh, let's look at verse 20. Now to him, who by in consequence of the actions of his power, can you get that? That is at work within us, is able to carry out his purpose and do superabundantly over and above all that we did ask or think infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, Thoughts, hope, and dreams. Oh no. <laughs> I like this. Hallelujah. Look at that. Far above and beyond. I like this. Infinitely beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. To him be glory in the church throughout all ages forever and ever. Amen. God will do beyond your thoughts, highest prayers, hopes, or dreams. By reason of this divine influence upon your heart. Let's take this for example. We know we call into teaching and writing as the case may be doing what we should do the best we can those nations that are calling now are not the nations we dreamt we want to go into did you get this even the prayer we pray we never pray with such nations in mind so here is God doing beyond our highest prayers our desires, our hopes, our thoughts, and our dreams. Why? Because we are functioning under grace. A level at which even the provision for the things that you were dreaming of will now have to be made available. Because think about that book that is translated. How much will it cost you to translate that book into Spanish? Now, it's like God paid for it. Because we are functioning under grace. It's connecting people to do one or two things. While you are even asleep, he is at work. Because you are working under grace. 
That's why there's a need to come to the place of rest in God. When you truly understand there's a grace in your life, I must walk and function under that grace. Let me tell you something. Just like I said, it's not that I despise prophecy, but I like the thing that stirs my heart towards what God is already saying I should be doing. Hallelujah. So when you've come to realize that there is something working within you that your prayers are just too small for it, your desires are too small for it, your hopes, your dreams, no matter how big your, the dreams of God for you is bigger than your dream. It's bigger than your dream. Exceedingly above what you can ask or think. Bigger than your dream. Bigger than your thought. Bigger than your imaginations. Bigger than your desires. God's dream for you is bigger. <laughs> Hallelujah. By far bigger. So, what are you supposed to do? Find the place of your endowment. Find that place. Whatever prayer you need to pray, just I told you here some time ago that before ever I stepped into ministry, I went to the Lord and said, Look, I'm not just going to do what you call pastoral work. Can I know what you want me to do? Like I said, first Corinthians told us they were co laborers. Verse 9. Is that not true? Call and joint laborers. Now, how do you labor without knowing what you are supposed to be doing? Am I to clear the farm? Am I to plant the crops? Let me know. It is what you know how to do that you are endowed with. So let me know what exactly you've crafted me for in life. And the Lord showed me exactly. I told you here some time ago. Right? So I know that is why I don't get shifted. I don't get disturbed. Whatever thing is. Does it move me? I don't even get to think about people who are popular or big in the creation in the world. That is not my business at all. It doesn't really make much sense to me. Somebody's big, somebody's big, or somebody's that. No. Just stay with your sphere of operation. And God will begin to do some things. You see, there's a lot of struggle to succeed in life. Whether ministry or whatever. There's so much struggle to succeed in life. But if you come on the grace, it becomes easier. Because then God, let me back, don't forget this. It's so important. God will do infinitely what? Beyond. Your highest prayers. That is highest prayers. I don't know how high your prayers can be. But there's the highest now. <laughs> it will do beyond your highest prayers in life. What kind of prayer point do you raise? What kind of prayer point have you been told you should raise? How have you been taught you should pray? These are beautiful, but listen. Everything you seem to be praying about, God will do because you are under grace. He will do beyond that. And beyond your thoughts, beyond your hopes, beyond your, your, your dreams, your highest dreams. You want to be a millionaire? God may be wanting to become a billionaire. Higher than being a millionaire. So, what are we talking about? All we need to do is succumb to this understanding and say, well, this is what I'm crafted for. This is what God has ordained me for. This kind of business said I should do. Just stay on there. Just stay on there. Understand it. Know it. And of course, you are going to know it because the endowment is from within. Hallelujah. Are you following what I'm saying now? Now, so, if you have discovered that, what are you supposed to do? Now, this is the problem. Sometimes you may find your grace, but you don't observe these facts. 
that I'm about to show you. You may find your grace or your place in life, but you don't observe this. Now, when you don't observe this, you find that you may be coming short somehow of those realizations. So what is Timothy saying? Paul is speaking to Timothy, right? Things you must note. One, don't neglect it. It means you can neglect your grace. By probably thinking of somebody else, by thinking of some other person's ministry or business, you can neglect your grace. So the first thing you must know, you know what your grace is and don't neglect it. Now, even if there are problems, don't neglect it. Are you still there? <laughs> That's the key thing. Don't neglect your grace. Don't neglect your grace. Find it. Stay there. The Bible says, as you continue on, it shall be made manifest to everyone. <laughs> and if I went out to say, in so doing, because you're keeping on with your grace, you shall save yourself. And save others who will listen to you. As you begin to make them understand what it means to walk on the grace. Glory to God. Are you picking this? Number two, say, practice it. Very vital. You find your grace, practice your grace. Be sure you are on it. Don't be diverted. Don't be swayed. Don't be taken away from it. Practice the grace that you have discovered. Very vital. Hallelujah. Then he talks about cultivating. I know what it means to cultivate. In cultivate, it's synonymous to practice. But what you do in cultivation, remember, you want to plant a field, you've got to remove all the stones and all of those stuff. Remember that? Right? Even if you plant the crops there, what are you doing? You watch it for the weeds. So, in cultivating your gift, you make sure the non-essentials are removed. You're in business? Be sure... You are so focused that the things that are not essential to the growth and development of your business are removed out of the way. Cultivate it. Hallelujah. Are you catching this? Then number four, meditate upon it. Let it become something that is captivating all the time. Meditate upon it. In meditation, revelations, understanding begins to come that will enable you to do what God has really crafted you for in life. Meditate upon it. Hallelujah. Are you following? Meditate upon it. Number five. Throw yourself wholly into it. In other words, as you meditate, give all your attention to it. Don't get get unnecessary distractions. I keep repeating. Be so focused on that which God, you know this thing God has given to me. And I'm going to do it. Fully and well too. You do not only cultivate, you do not only meditate, meditate, you give the whole of your attention, your whole life unto it. Don't be a general merchant, as people often call that. Hey, can you do that business? Yes, we can handle it. Can you do that one? Yes, we can handle it. Insurance? Yes, we can handle it. Haulage? Yes, we have even done one before. No. Give yourself wholly to that which you are graceful. It will be evidence. You see, what, what I want you to understand about this is the evidence to everyone. 
anything you are doing, it will become evidence to everyone. In other words, everyone really know that of a truth, this is what God has crafted this man for in life. Evidence to everyone. Hallelujah. Your progress is determined by it. Is that okay? Your progress in life is determined by you giving your attention, the whole of your life, meditation and practice to the grace that's in your life. Your progress in life is determined by it. Praise the living God. Now, like we said, others will see that progress. You have to understand. And it can either will be taking you forward or backward, depending. People will know. If you are moving backward, they will know. If you are going forward, they will know. Progress is progress. Progress can be whichever way. <laughs> because you know why it could be backward? Because you could neglect it. Do you understand that? Hallelujah. Anyway, if not to disturb you, you can decide not to put that in your notes. But I feel if you neglect it and you don't practice it, the evidence will also go back. People will say this man was a pastor. He's a pastor. You remember that? But it doesn't seem to make much progress. It's still evidence. Is that all right? Hallelujah. Then look to yourself. That's guide yourself so that which God has ordained can happen. Very important. Guide yourself so that that which God has ordained can do what? Can happen. Very crucial. So that, listen to this. Don't get into trouble. Don't get out of the way. Don't get out of the grace of God upon you. And then things slow down. And then, you see, this is where we come into the place of calling devils and witches and whatever doing our going. You know, it's callousness in the grace that God has given unto us. Because we are unable to guide ourselves. Amen? When we can guide ourselves... Certain things begin to happen in our lives, which could be retrogressive, and then in the just second we end up saying it's a witch or a wizard. No. It could be simple negligent. Not giving consideration to who you are, who you are supposed to be, where you are supposed to be, and the kind of thing you're supposed to do because of the grace that you carry. Is that all right? Number nine says, develop a sound teaching base. That may be do more with ministry, but you find at the same time, everything you are doing, you ought to know the nitty gritty of it. So even in business, you've got to do some study on your business. To become a professional, the basis of, the basis of education is the expansion of your mind. That is where people go to school. School is not necessarily ability to read. But when you are being taught, your mind is being expounded. So education expounds your thinking. Not just in the area where which you are educated. That is why I discovered that those in the bank doesn't care which profession you are into. You are into. You, whether you read accounting, whether you read finance, you can work at the bank. Because the philosophy is, by reason of the fact that you have gone through school, your brain has been expounded. Your mind has been touched. So they don't care whether you are a fanatic. That's what education means. So even in your profession, you ought to be properly educated. What does that mean? Your mind should be properly expounded 
on what you are graced to do. Let's take tailoring for example. You should be able to know beyond just the issue of handling the machine. You must begin to look at the issue of colors. You must begin to look at the issue of people's personality and figures. Hmm? Like women talk about figure eight and what do you call that? Figure eight or what again? Come on, talk to me. You're looking at me now. Are you not the one doing fashion thing? Talk of figure eight, eh? All of those stuff. Women? Shapes? Huh? Yeah, yeah. Yes, sir. Okay, you got it. So, you must begin to see all of this in people. So that when somebody comes to your shop to make a dress, you should know the kind of dress that will fit that individual. For instance, if somebody is fat, and she comes to you with a material that was striped. You don't sew it head down, top to bottom. You sew it, I mean, you don't sew it across. You sew it down this way. So that when people are looking at that figure, they will think it's a slim person because their lines are running up. The eyes are deceiving them to begin to see this man to be a slim person. Now the person is very slim and he brings a material that has stripes. You sew it across. So when the person looks at it, he thinks that the person is big. Because the lions are deceiving the onlooker that the person is big. That's education. In your tailoring field. Are you catching what I'm talking about? So you see, you must learn a lot of things. Develop a sound teaching base in your business. Knowing that this is your grace. Hallelujah. Number 10. It means the saving of yourself. So, the devil won't trouble you because you know where you belong. <laughs> You're saving yourself. And how are you going to save others? Some people say, how are you succeeding? Say, because I'm where I'm supposed to be. Now the person wants to go and find out where he's supposed to be. You are being saved. The person is being saved. Hallelujah. In ministry, the same thing. Men will not be struggling to enter into an area where they are not supposed to be. Huh? One of our strongest grace I know is on eschatology in this ministry. And people are beginning to acknowledge it. Kingdom, present truth, they are beginning to acknowledge it all over. Now, it's becoming evidence to everyone that we carry a special grace. And of course, when you call me to do teachings, my mind is always on those areas. It's always on those areas. I can speak on them without making reference to any book. As compared to some other areas. Amen? Are you following what I'm talking about now? Fine. I'm saving myself and I'm saving others too. Because as you save yourself, they begin to discover truths. You have have just on stream and people are wondering how you can keep on being on stream like that. And they also want to find out where they also belong. And things will also begin to work for them. Hallelujah. Personally, I'm really impressed with this. I pray it really helps you. Take a good study on it. Go back home, do some good prayers and find out where you are. And observe these 10, 11 things or so that were put on the board. As you have discovered your grace, just observe them. Try to see them. Write them down. Go back to them often and again and again and again. Wherever you are neglecting one, pray yourself into obedience so that at the end of the day, that grace in your life will be evidence to everyone. I'm concerned about the grace being evidence. That's my key. I mean, that's my main issue. Being evidence. The evidence is because the Lord will do. Beyond. The wildest dreams, desire, hopes, thoughts. 
God will do beyond that. That is the evidence. When God begins to do it, may we know that of a truth. You walked on the grace. Hallelujah.